Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. And so we want to get on today with part two and our message series called What's on Your Mind? Along with this time of season, and in fact, in Veterans Day is just a great reminder that, you know, life is not always joy, happiness. Life can be hard. And, uh, you know, we, we win and lose the battle in our mind. And I'm reminded, and in that moment, that prayer, I'm reminded, and I'm, I'm looking at Doug Pinkston over here, and he served faithfully uh, combat so many things. And uh, he actually represents this church as a chaplain at Laurel Ridge and helps men and women that are serving in the military that are struggling with PTSD and trying to overcome a lot of trauma and just wrestling with a lot in their mind. And if you read any news or follow anything, you see, uh, like I see, it's almost epidemic, uh, the men and women in our military that take their lives and just over, overcome. And then and holidays, we see that increase just in general, general population. And people are, are dealing and wrestling with just an overwhelming sense you know, of worth or value or disappointment or depression. And all that comes around and happens in our mind. And, I, and when I say that, I want to be very careful because I don't mean it's like, well, just think about something else. Don't, please don't hear me say anything flippantly about the struggle in our mind. It's real and it's hard. And it's probably our greatest fight. Our greatest fight is winning the battle of our mind. And the enemy knows that he can't physically necessarily do things to us. He tries and dangers and traps and snares, don't get me wrong and all that. But what he tries to do, he tries to plant seeds and thoughts in our mind that if we don't learn how to deal with them, they will grow and grow and grow. And ultimately our life will follow our greatest thoughts. Your thoughts will ultimately become your behaviors. And so we're really not even looking for change behavior, we're looking for change thinking. Because if you can get changed thinking, you can change behavior. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, in this church, and they have a, a daughter. And, you know, as they were discussing things, you know, we're talking about that. That battle's a spiritual battle. That battle's a spiritual battle, amen? We have to deal with it spiritually, and we have ways to do that. We'll talk about that. And we also have to win that battle in our minds spiritually. We have to take those thoughts captive uh, that the enemy has planted there, people have planted there, mean people, nice, loving people, whatever that looks like that have been planted in our minds and learn how to deal with those so we can get the right thoughts in our minds so our our behaviors and can follow God thoughts, amen? And find the path and destiny God has for us. And so this is an important topic and by any means, we won't be able to um, capture everything or if you will cover everything in just a few weeks, but hopefully we'll give you some things to tools to work on as starting place. In fact, last week I gave you some homework. Anybody work on your homework? Okay, yeah, one, it's like I was in school again. Yeah, I didn't either, right? No one did, right? Okay, well, um, I was going to give you more, but no, I'm just kidding. And uh, anyways, let's just pray, close the service out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going to go back over those real quick in just a moment, honestly, and uh, give you a chance to redeem yourself. No, I'm just kidding. And, uh, and I'll give you some more this week, and I just want to encourage you, let's apply. It's the application that brings the transformation. Amen. We're not just here for information. We're here to apply the information and bring transformation to our lives. So I'm going to help you still. I'm still going to help you. Don't worry. That. I'm going to give you another chance here. So get your Bibles out. Turn to Romans 12.2 for me. Turn to Romans 12.2 for me. And here's where we were uh, talking last week. And as you're, as you're turning there, let me just set us up for today. Um, you know, everything we said begins in the mind. And in, to mind, and in our mind, can I just say that the, the re- one of the reasons why I think the struggle is so much more difficult today maybe is our phone. We have access to information like never before. And then we think that's a good thing. That's not always a good thing. You need to be careful about what you're feeding on. 
because they're just thoughts and stuff. And if you're like me, you follow way too much news and, you know, we had elections and all that. I don't know where you landed on good or bad and what you wanted, didn't want. It doesn't, you know what? No, no, God wins. <laughs> Who won the election? I don't know, but God won the victory. So, I mean, my vote is for God and I did vote. Everybody needs to vote. I vote as close to the Bible as I possibly can. Um, and then I just trust God with the rest. I, I vote every time I give, I vote for God's economy every time I tithe. Come on, somebody. I vote for uh, loving and serving people. Every time I sign up for food distribution, I vote for, I vote every time I live my life in line with the word of God. And so I want to encourage you guys that even though we live in a world that's changing constantly and things are happening around us and we can be easily overwhelmed and overloaded, there is a way through Christ that you can move to a place of victory in your thoughts and therefore get on the plan that God has for you. But knowing this, it all begins in the mind. And so I already asked you if you did your homework. Let me run over that real quick. It's on last week's live notes. I didn't put it in this week's live notes, but let me say it uh, just for you. So Monday, we wanted to plant the seed. My God knows my name. I don't want to elaborate on these. We did last week. Uh, Tuesday, my God goes before me. Wednesday, I can do all things. Thursday, my present suffering pales in comparison to my future glory. I don't know which of these, I was thinking about this, which one of these really landed on me this week? Um, Friday, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Come on, somebody. Saturday, I am a child of God. 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 Amen. And then today's Sunday, right? Sunday, you were all supposed to come, uh, planting the seed in the morning, starting out by saying, it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that dwells in me. We came today in resurrection power. Amen. We came today, no matter what's happening around about us today, everyone should have come today already thinking the thoughts in their mind. The, mind, the thought that dominates your mind today should have been, it's that same power that raised Jesus from the grave dwells in me today. Amen. And so, um, in fact, in Ephesians 1, 18 through 20, where we got that phrase, I'm going to just elaborate on it a little bit more and I'll get to it again. His incomparably great power that power is the same mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand. I mean, that even just elaborates a little bit more. I'm going to think on that a little bit. And so that's the power of putting thoughts in your mind. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about planting seeds. Seeds. Thoughts are seeds. And seeds when the water grow, good or bad, right? And seeds that water, that are watered, that grow good or bad, eventually will produce a crop, good or bad, based on what's planted there. I mean, that's not like, oh, wow, I just learned something new today in church. No, you, we all know that, right? It's like, we all know that to be true, but we don't live that way. I mean, it's like, wait, wait, we don't know. Do you not know what you've just been feeding on and putting in your mind is one day going to grow and produce a crop that you don't want? So it's important for us to understand that. We'll talk about that uh, today. And so we need to change the way we think. It all begins in the mind. And I'm going to give you some intentional, now listen to the wording. I'm going to give you some intentional supernatural thoughts. You mean there's thoughts that are more super than natural? Yes, I do. <laughs> and you have to be intentional. In fact, the supernatural thoughts come from a supernatural God. If you're going to put thoughts in your mind, they might as well be supernatural. Because we got a lot of just natural random stuff floating around in there we need to deal with. We don't live and operate out of the natural in this world today. We can live and operate out of the supernatural as God always intended. And so there's supernatural thoughts I want to give you today. Maybe uh, seeds planted in your mind. They have to be planted. You have to be intentional. You got all kinds of random stuff just bouncing around, flying around. But you know, you need to take charge of your mind. We can't afford to just have random thoughts flashing through our mind all the time because in some way, shape, or form, something in you is going to reach up and grab one depending on what you're feeling emotionally or what's happening in your life in that moment in time. And if you're not at a good place, you're going to reach up and grab a not good thought. 
And so we need to be super intentional, meaning we need to plant some seeds. Now, I gave you some last week, and I want you to go over those again this week and, and next week and every week, honestly. But I want to give you seven supernatural thoughts. If you think on these, it'll get you headed in the direction God has for your life. Okay, now we're going to read Romans 12 too. I hope all of you are there by now. Here we go. Do not conform. Now, listen to the wording here, and I'll explain it to you. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. It's talking about behavior. Don't act like the world. Don't do worldly things. Don't do what you see other people do in the world. But be transformed. Now we're shifting a little bit. Be transformed or shift or make a change. How do I do that? By renewing your mind. It begins talking about your behavior being worldly behavior, and then it shifts to your mind being renewed. And we'll talk about that renewing with the Word of God. So we're talking about now our behavior follows our thinking. If you want to transform your behavior, you have to transform your thinking first. And so I think that's a big deal for us because I don't know that we spend enough time planning supernatural thoughts, saying the Word of God, speaking the Word of God, thinking the Word of God. We're just trying to change your behavior. But if you don't come and bring the mindset with it, good luck to that. See how long it lasts, right? How's that working for us, right? And so we need to learn how to transform. That word transform there is basically the word metamorphosis. And if the obvious picture for metamorphosis, probably most of us would think it'd be a caterpillar in a cocoon to out a butterfly. And so think about that. And it's maybe some kind of silly, but the reality is you can come from that picture to something beautiful, but it starts in your mind. By renewing your mind, then after you renew your mind or you plant the right thoughts in your mind and then your behaviors follow, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. Then you'll be able to walk. What's God have for me? Well, first of all, it starts with the thought, his thoughts. And as you start feeding on those, your actions, how do I, how do I follow what God has for me? Start thinking about what he has for you first. Well, I just want to walk out. The plan and purpose of God, I want to walk out. What, what should I do today? Sit down and get God thoughts. And do that for a while and nurture that and cultivate that and plant that and plant all that. And then you know what? Your behaviors will follow. See, we're trying to find out what we can act on and we need to be finding out what we need to think on. Because what we think on, we'll act on. And we want to act on something and then hope our thoughts follow. But what's going to happen is if we don't win that battle in our mind, the enemy is going to keep planting things in there. And all of a sudden, we're going to be acting on thoughts God never intended. And so the reason why a lot of us miss out on what God has for our life is because we're not thinking about what God's thinking about for our life, right? And so we're, we're looking for an action, and he's trying to plant a thought. And so that's why the battle is so intense and so fierce and so intense. And so we need to be understanding what Paul's saying in Romans 12 too. He's saying is to change your life isn't about doing something different. It's about thinking something different. Thinking something different always leads to different doing different actions. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't word that right. And so I want to encourage you in this today. So uh, the obvious example, and I've already used it, is a garden. And I'm not a gardener. I won't pretend to. I mean, I got a black thumb. I mean, I kill fake plants. I don't know how that happens, but we get fake plants at my house and they die. Uh, but so, you know, but here's what, I, here's, what, here's what I love. This is funny and so out of character for me that a couple years back, several years back, you know, with our back 40 back there, we got a, land, a lot of land back there. And I thought, how cool it would be to put a garden in, right? We get food distribution. We get people food. And sometimes I thought, I'm not a vegetable eater, but I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great to give other people vegetables? <laughs> right? So, 
because it's hard to stretch a dollar. If you're going to buy a good, healthy food, your dollar doesn't go as far, right? So I thought, hey, let's provide some of that. So we had some wonderful people. We had a great plan, and we actually fenced in a bit of our back property. We put a big water tank back there. We pumped water from the, from the ponds, and uh, actually we're working with the food bank because they grow a lot of food, and a food bank rep came out and checked our soil. Someone from A&M came and checked our soil and all this stuff and said, it's great soil, and you got a great water environment. It's not just water out of a hose, right? It's out of a, a pond, a natural environment with fish and plants and all that, and you got sunlight. This is a perfect situation. And so we planted a garden, and you know, as everything starts, a lot of people are super excited about it. And about six months in, all that was out there was we made the staff go out there and harvest stuff after a while, right? It's like everybody's real excited. You know, we get busy and we get, wow, this was fun to start. But anyway, so we had a good time for a while. It was a good run. And my wife and I the other day, and I go sit up, up above the pond in my truck a lot and just pray and think. And, and um, just the other day, I was thinking, actually, it was a few months ago, my wife and I were talking and we had done, what did we did? We did watermelon water. Do you remember we did watermelon water in the cafe and they're always coming up and whatever we can create in the cafe to get more missions money, right? So let's do agua frescas. Is that what you call it? Agua frescas. And so um, I thought, I don't know. I don't know where this came from. I told my wife one day, hey, what if we grew our own watermelons? And she was that silent, just as you were right there. It's like, yeah, okay. All right. And I thought, no, we got, we got, we got stuff. We got room back there. And, and we could just grow watermelons. We don't have to grow all we grew before. Maybe there's, an, maybe there's new people now that would have like a desire and a passion. What a great small group that would be. And we could grow, we could do watermelon water here. And we thought we could, we could sell watermelons. Like at one Sunday, right before summer camp, we could harvest all our watermelons and we could sell our watermelons to help send, a, buy a watermelon, send a kid for camp, to camp for $250. So $250 watermelon, send a kid. <laughs> hey, they're growing on God's property, right? And we're going to pray over them and they're going to be the best watermelon you ever had. And so I was thinking all this, and, but I, you know, in my mind and my great ideas, my, my wife's always great to bring me back down to earth and say, are you going to do that? Mm, yeah, there's the problem right there, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's like, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. You just don't go throw a seed on the ground, do you? You got to get that land. You got to prepare. You got to tear everything up. And it's been sitting idle for a while. I don't know what kind of shape it's in. And you got to get, I remember we had guys out there working and tilling it, right? And preparing the soil and getting everything out of the way so they could plant the seed. And then you got to go and you got to water it. And then you got to pull weeds and you got to keep the birds out of it and all kinds of stuff like that. And it's a lot of work to it. And that's why a lot of us give up. But I'm telling you, if you will be intentional in your garden, it will set the course for your life. And you'll be eating a harvest you never imagined. Never imagined could be this good. And actually, for a while, it was really wonderful. And we had, I started eating, I started eating vegetables for the first time. I was like, how could I not? I was out of the garden here. And I was eating squash and I was eating zucchini. And the point is, it's like, if you can nurture and care for the garden in your mind, you'll start eating a different crop than you ever realized. The fruit that will be produced there will be so life-giving for you. But it's not easy. And it takes some work. And so there's a garden in your mind. And you are the gardener. You're the gardener. You need to know that. I mean, that sounds so simple, but it's true. You're the gardener. You determine what goes in, what goes out, what you nurture, what you take care of. The picture is you're a garden and your mind, you're a gardener and your mind is a garden. And you may not be responsible for everything that's been planted there. Things have been planted in your mind for years. People, well-meaning people, parents maybe, grandparents. A person has thoughts that other people planted there. The enemy's planted some thoughts in our mind. And still does. He tries to anytime he gets a chance. You've planted some thoughts in your own mind. And God's planted some thoughts there as well. In the garden of your mind, with you as a gardener, you actually have the ability and the power by the Spirit of God to garden well. You have the power by the Spirit of God to garden well and to cultivate what you think about. 
And here's the thing, I think, if you didn't have the ability, if you didn't have the power, and if it wasn't possible for the believer to do that well, then God would have been setting us up for a colossal meltdown, a colossal failure. And he doesn't do that. He never does that. But he says it's possible for you to no longer be conformed to the pattern of this world, to worldly behaviors. And you don't have to have the outcome or the result every other person on the planet does or everyone around you. You're in a different story, and it's a victory story. And you get there by renewing your mind. And renewing your mind is going to change the way you live but you don't start by changing the way you live. You start by changing the way you think. And so last week we talked about taking thoughts captive. And let me go here for just a moment because I think it's important. And we're talking about seeds. And what do we do with the seeds the enemy plants in our mind? And I said this last week, the average believer doesn't know what to do with the seeds that are already planted in our mind. And so we talked about a couple of things. We talked about identifying the seed. Does this come from God? Does this line up with God's character and nature? And does this line up with the word of God or what the word of God says? And if it doesn't, it's not from God. That's pretty simple, it seems like. And then we recognize that. Then we bind the thought. In other words, we wrap it in the truth of God's word. That's why we have to be in God's word. Come on. You can't wrap it in what you don't know. And a lot of us are struggling because we're not spending time in the Bible. And in the world today, it's easy to neglect our Bible. I'm not saying you have to have a paper one today. I don't, typically, I use my digital Bible and all that. But we got to spend time in the Bible because that's where we get the truth of God's word to wrap the lie up in. And then we talked about then changing your thoughts last week, which, of course, we already went there. Let's not go there again. But we talked about everybody having those thoughts to change the way they think. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So whatever you're giving shelter to, life to in your garden, it will eventually turn into the crop called your future. And so let me ask you, what's been planted there that needs to go? What needs to be planted there so the seasons to come, you'll be the person God designed for you to be? 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we live in the world, we not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Can I say for a second here, and our time of prayer yesterday morning was powerful, and we really camped out in this scripture. It's a powerful passage right here to pray through. And here's what we landed on for a while. We demolish we demolish arguments and every pretension that set itself up against the knowledge of God. Today is a thought-demolishing day. Thoughts that are not of God, demolishing day. Come on. We prayed that out so we know it to be true. Uh, anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And we just kind of talked about how we do that. Every thought that goes in your garden, you have the ability as a gardener under the power and spirit of God to pull it up. If it's not of God, a plant a seed and nurture it if it is of God. And we already talked about how that is. But this is the possibility of good gardening. And we all know this, and I wrote this down, and it's obvious it's probably been in our mind already this morning without me saying, whatever you sow, you... It's true, good or bad. Whatever you sow, you reap. If you don't garden well, then you're not going to get the thoughts you need to. So let's take a look at Jeremiah 1, 9 through 10. I want you to get this. It's God speaking to the prophet Jeremiah, because in here I think we find a key that's going to help us garden well. The Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth, Jeremiah says. God reached out his hand, touched my mouth, and said to me, I have put words in your mouth, Jeremiah. See today, Jeremiah, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms. Now listen to what he says. And I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to do this, to uproot 
to tear down, to destroy, overthrow, to build, and to plant. I put words in your mouth, Jeremiah, to uproot and to plant. Sounds like gardening terms to me. Come on, somebody. I put words in your mouth today, Jeremiah, to uproot and to plant. Do you know the word of God in your mouth has the ability to uproot things that are not of God and to plant things that are of God? How important is the word of God not only in us, but coming out of our mouth? We need to speak to those things. We need to speak it out. And understand this, as just as much as you can plant a thought in your mind, that thought of God has the power to uproot an opposite thought or uproot something that's not of God. It exposes the lie. It exposes that and drives it out, casts it out of there. Uproot. A gardener needs to learn how to uproot and to plant. Uproot and to plant. And the words of our mouth, God says to Jeremiah, I'm giving you the ability to uproot. Gardening is about uprooting and planting. The church gardener, as a, as a gardening of your own mind or as a church, we have to have time to uproot and plant things. And God doesn't, God's word just doesn't put good things in your life. God's word has the power to uproot the other things out of your life. And as you plant the word of God, it will uproot the lie of the enemy that's already in your garden. You know, the reality is for a lot of us, is there's a lot of preparation that needs to go on this garden of my mind. I got a lot of tilling to do. <laughs> I got a lot, you know what? Come on, honestly, I'm not the only one. I got a lot of uprooting to do because things have been planted in my mind that I've allowed to be there too long. Well, how do I get rid of all that mind? Well, you start planting God's thoughts and it has the ability, supernatural thoughts have the ability to uproot what's already in your mind Supernatural thoughts. What does that mean? These are God-powered supernatural ideas. They're transactional and transformational. They can do something and take something dead and make it alive. They can take something broken and make it whole. These thoughts have to be woven into the power, are woven into the power of God's word. And you can take control of what you're putting in your mind and have a well-cultivated garden, but you have to intentionally plant things and the garden of your mind. If you'll plant these things and give them time to take root and nurture them and cultivate them, God will promise you that you'll see a different crop in the season to come. Number one, let me give you the first one. Number one, here we go. It's on your live notes, so we're gonna move a little quick here. I am in God's story. I don't know if you understand that or realize that, and I think it's important for us to know that because we're sinful, imperfect people in pursuit of a perfect God. How can that be? Well, God made a way for you and I to be in his story, amen? He, it's not your story, it's his story. Think about that for a second. He's invited you into his story. The God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth has invited you, sinful you and me, into his story. And it's not about us, but it's amazing. We don't deserve to be there, but he's welcomed us and beckoned us to come in anyways. We are here on the earth but we're not of this earth. We are in God's story on the earth. We're not trying to get God into our story. He's trying to get us into his story. In the beginning, God, it's all about God, and yet God invited you and I in. It's important because we don't think in terms of that. That's a supernatural seed you need to plant in your mind. I am in this crazy world, but yet I am in God's story. I, I don't know if anybody goes there and I try and avoid them at all costs. I, do, I never want to go into a mall, <laughs> ever. Inside, outside, doesn't matter. I don't, never want to darken the doors of a mall. That is my goal every day. I am not going to a mall today. 
But you know, if you go to a mall, maybe at an airport or maybe someplace, and you, you're looking for something and you see this big sign that's there everywhere else, and it's this map of this entire mall, what's the first thing you have to know? Where you are, I am here. Do you know where you are today? Do you know where you are? Let me, let me just tell you where I am today. This is God's story. Today, I'm right here. That I was included in Christ. When I heard the word of truth, the gospel of my salvation, having believed, I was marked by him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who has a deposit and inheritance until the redemption of those in God's possession. I, I found myself right here. I am here. I'm marked by God with the seal of the Holy Spirit. You know where I am today? Where are you today? I don't know. I'm right here today. I'm right here. I'm right here today. I pray that the eyes of my understanding will be open, that I might know the hope. I found that the hope that God has for me. I, I might found the, the riches of his glorious inheritance. I found myself, I'm here. I'm part of his glorious inheritance, and I am part of his incomparably great power for us who believe. Hey, that's what we were supposed to be standing on today, that same power that raised Christ. Where, where are you in the story? It's today I am here. I'm in God's story. I know I'm in this crazy world, and this world says this, and this world says that. But more than this, I am in God's story. That's a supernatural thought that you need to plant in your mind and nurture it and water it every single day. And the world goes, and the winds blow to and fro, and the waves come, and the storm comes. But I'm in his story. My wife and I, we were in uh, Mexico uh, last week, week and a half, and uh, we were there partly having... Uh, two Sundays ago, they were anointing all the kids. We wanted to be a part of that. And then Pastor Jeff had a pastor's conference. I spoke Friday night, came home Saturday. Pastor Dan and Cindy came from Joplin, Missouri, and Pastor Dan was going to be the speaker for the anniversary. And he and Pastor Jeff were speaking Saturday. I came home Saturday. He spoke Saturday, Sunday. Well, we were spent a day in Guanajuato, Guanajuato, like New York, New York. And Guanajuato is the capital of the state of Guanajuato. And as we were walking the streets, Jeff was telling him, it's a beautiful city, and Jeff was telling Pastor Dan and Cindy, this is where the capital is, the governor's mansion's here, and they have all kinds of people in a traditional costume walking around the streets. It's just a beautiful experience. And so Dan and Cindy were asking questions, and Jeff said, yeah, you should come. There's this time that they do this certain event, and they have all these traditional dances that have happened over the years, Mexico folk folkloric dances, and it's beautiful, it's amazing. And Dan's like, have you been there? And Jeff said, yeah, several years ago, we had the governor's family in our church. The governor's family of the state of Guanajuato would attend Arbol de Vida. It's a new governor now, but it's interesting how God works. But now an aunt of the current governor's family is at Arbol de Vida. So just somehow God maintains a supernatural connection. So Jeff said, Sylvia and I got invited by the governor and his wife to attend this huge dance, this huge important event, and people from all over the world. And he said, we sat right next to the ambassadors to Japan, he and his wife. And Dan's like, he's like, what? And he's like, yeah, the governor and his wife invited us. We sat next to the ambassador of Japan. We had no business being there. Nobody knew who we were. Nobody even knew that we were there, but we got invited to that. And we got to sit with the governor and ambassadors for countries. We didn't deserve to be there. We didn't ask to be there, but we were invited into that story that night. And I just thought that's a great example today. You're invited into the story of the creator of heaven and earth. The one who has no rival, the one who has no equal, has invited you into his story. And every day you need to nurture that thought. I am in God's story. The Bible is not just a reference book for me. It's a reflection book of me. And this is where I am. I am here today. 
I am included in God's story. And unless we plant this thought in our minds, we'll miss out on everything else that I'm in God's story. And God invites you, has invited you into the story of God. Number two, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You need to plant that thought, water that thought, nurture that thought. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Where do you get a thought like that? Because it didn't come from anyone around me. It didn't come when I was growing up. It didn't come from my teachers. It didn't come from my coaches. It didn't come from anybody else. That only comes from the word of God. You get that thought from the word of God. And that word uproots everything else that had been planted contrary to it. You don't have any value. You're an accident. No, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That thought, when you plant and nurture it, will uproot the lives of the enemy and everybody else that are not of God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalms 139, 14 says this. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully in the Hebrew is the word yare. I won't pronounce it right. Y-A-R-E which means crafted with great respect, honor, and reverence. I am crafted with great respect, honor, and reverence. Wonderfully, and the Hebrew is pala, P-A-L-A, created with a distinct, marvelous way that is distinguished and set apart from others. And that's the perspective of your God. That's his perspective of you. So we need to plant that supernatural thought in our garden, and we need to nurture it and cultivate it and water it. Wonderfully, fearfully, and wonderfully made. Wonderfully has at its roots specially made, specifically made. You are made distinctly marvelously because you are made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God. Therefore, you are God image bearers. How about camping out on that thought for a while? I'm a God image bearer. God Almighty made me to reflect his image. So quit making God in your image. He's made you in his image. And so you have to plant that thought in your mind from his word so you can root out all the other thoughts that are contrary. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I know one thing today, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, you need to remind yourself, you know, in the morning when you wake up, remind yourself that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Stand in the mirror and say that you are fearfully, not frightenedly, fearfully and wonderfully made. I was thinking about that, right? You need to plant that thought in your mind and let that dominate your thought in your mind. Um, this thought is going to uproot some of those destructive seeds the enemy has planted in your mind. This thought will uproot those, th those thoughts, those seeds. Number three, plant this supernatural thought. My life has purpose. My life has purpose. And I know, I know that. You don't have to tell us that, right? I mean, I have a job, my purpose. I'm supposed to make money and provide for my family. I'm raising my kids and grandkids and all this. And I want to encourage you, it's more to it than that. And taking the last part of the previous thought, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, made, made things have purpose. Made things imply a maker. When you imply a maker, you imply there's a reason why things were set in motion so I could deliver a certain result. I have a purpose and my life matters. I'm not random. I'm not accidental and I'm not expendable. How about planting that thought and uprooting some of the things that have been spoken over your life? People have told you you've experienced Thoughts you've even planted there yourself. There's an assignment for me here on planet Earth. There's a reason for me to breathe the air I'm breathing. There's a cause for which I was born. And there's something noble about my contribution to this planet. You're not worthless and you're not nothing. You are valuable in the eyes of God. And you are fearfully and wonderfully made on purpose for a purpose. I have a purpose. And planting that thought in my garden. If I bear his image, then my purpose must be connected to reflecting his glory. 
I will nurture it, cultivate it, and I will trust it for my thinking. Put that in my thoughts. I will not conform to the pattern of this world, but I am transformed by the renewing of my mind. Here's what you need to plant. Number four, you need to plant the supernatural thought. The cross has the final word. Come on, somebody. The cross speaks and has the final word. Well, what comes after the cross? Nothing. Nothing else needed to be said. The cross said it all. The cross said it all about you, about your purpose, about your value. The cross has the final word. Plant that thought in your mind. And when you do, you'll be agreeing with God's declaration of victory. That's where victory was won, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's victory. The cross has the final word about God. Think about that. The cross says the final word about God. How much he loves you. How trustworthy he is. How much he cares. He doesn't care about me. Oh, he doesn't? Look at the cross. He doesn't know what's going on in my life. He doesn't? Look at the cross. He paid for it all with his son. I don't mean anything to him. Oh, you don't? Look at the cross. It has the final word about God. He's trustworthy. He loves you. He cares about you. He's done everything he can to heal you, to deliver you, to set you free, to have you in his family. He doesn't want me. Oh, really? Look at the cross. Because it's the cross that enables him to adopt you into his family. It's the cross that takes guilt and shame out of your life so you can live a life of victory. The cross has the final word about God, but the cross has the final word about you. I'm worthless. Really? Look at the cross. How much value does the cross say that you have? I'm unworthy. Really? God gave his only begotten son. That's how worthy you are. Cross has a Plant that supernatural thought in your garden. It'll uproot all those other thoughts, the ones that you're not worthy, not valuable. You'll, there's nothing for you. Oh, really? Well, the cross would say different. Plant that in your mind and let it uproot all the other lives of the enemy. The cross has the final word. Number five, I serve at the pleasure of the king. I know it sounds a little silly. I serve at the pleasure of the king. Every day, wait, I don't know what's going to happen today. I don't know, but today I serve at the pleasure of the king, whatever he has for me. Really, you need to do this. You're not going to do it. You know, I serve at the pleasure of the king. God's got great things. I have a purpose. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at the cross. I serve at the pleasure of the king. I'm a chosen generation. I'm a royal people. So we may declare the praises of him was called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He called me from darkness to light, from death to life. Now I serve at the pleasure of the king. I have a brand new life, and I know that I have a brand new life so I can serve at the pleasure of the king. I'm not here for myself. I'm here for us. Jesus said, I didn't came to be served, but to serve. I'm here to serve. The, what, what do you have for me today, King Jesus? What do you have for me? I serve at the pleasure of the king. I don't know what I'm going to do today. I, I know today, I don't know, it's random, it's this, it's that. No, what I am going to do today, because I'm planting that on my mind, today I am going to serve at the pleasure of the king every opportunity. Today I'm serving at your pleasure, King Jesus. What is it you would have me do today? I have a purpose and destiny attached to my life. I serve at the pleasure of the king today, tomorrow, and every day after. I'm planting that thought in the garden of my mind. No matter what's happening in my life, no one can stop me from serving at the pleasure of the king today. Number six, how about this one? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. No matter what you feel, no matter what you've done, 
Jesus is Lord, no matter what's going on around about you. Is that in your garden? Is he the Lord of your life? The king that we serve at the pleasure of is sitting on the throne of our life. The throne that has no rival. The one which every knee shall bow and every tongue confess, Jesus is my Lord. Do you know his power? Do you know his love? Is he your Lord and Savior? Let the word that comes from the story of God break in today and uproot everything else that's not of him today. And Jesus is Lord. My God is on the throne. His kingdom is forever. His plan is sure. However it went Tuesday for you, Jesus is still Lord. Hey, what do you think about the election stuff? Jesus is Lord. What do you think about this? Jesus is Lord. What do you think about the economy? Jesus is Lord. What do you think about all this? Jesus is Lord. That's what I think. That's what I'm going to put in my mind. That's what I'm going to plant. I'm going to cultivate. And here's the last one, and I got to move on this and wrap this up. My God turns evil into good. My God turns evil into good. Plant it. Plant it in your mind. Supernatural seed. Why? Because there's going to be evil. Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and we live in a fallen, broken world. There's evil all around us. But my God turns evil into good. No matter what's coming at you, your God can turn that around. No matter what's happened, God can turn that around. No matter what you've done, God can turn that around. Things aren't always going to work out the way that you thought, and we are on a broken planet, but God turns evil into good. I am in the story of God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I have a purpose. The cross has the final word in my life, and I serve at the pleasure of the king. And the king I serve, his name is Jesus, and he is Lord of my life. And I am confident today that no matter what, my God turns evil into good. God said it. Will you plant it? God has declared it. It's up to you to plant it. God has revealed it. It's up to you to plant it, to water it, to nurture it, to protect it. You may not get a crop tomorrow. You may not even uproot all the negative thoughts, but you keep doing that until your harvest comes. Amen? You keep doing it until you can say, look what God has done. My, my garden is bearing a brand new crop, a brand new fruit today. So let his word uproot thoughts that are not of him and plant the supernatural thoughts that are from him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My heart, my hope today. Just to encourage us, to help us, motivate us into winning the battle of our mind. Give us some tools. Give us some things. My heart, my hope is also in that moment that you see yourself the way God sees you. And you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.